Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Suns Report Podcast. Thank you, as always, for taking your time and tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network on whatever platform you're currently listening to this podcast on. We appreciate it. Bright Side appreciates it. The Phoenix Suns appreciate it. Sure, why not? I'm John, he's Matthew, and we're the Suns Report Podcast team. Don't forget to follow the pod on Twitter at the Suns Report, all right? All right. Sounds good. Folks, we are now two-thirds of the way through the season. Two-thirds already, Matthew. Two-thirds. Let's finish this thing strong, my man. Amen. It's been a, a good season. Hasn't been a great season. Yep. We're nothing's, not... Yeah, nothing's usually great. It's always <laughs> just good here. Yeah, when, and this is good. This isn't bad. Hasn't been a bad season. Mm. So I'm okay with that. And we figured that on this podcast, seeing as the end of the season's on the horizon, Matthew and I thought it'd be fun to talk about the roster and what we want them to do to finish this season and pose the question, where are they going to be here next year? So without further ado, this is going to be the Suns Report Roster Rundown. Matthew normally does the roster rundown on the weekly recap. Matthew, are you excited to devote an entire podcast to the roster rundown? Yeah, because the players deserve it. Like... Every player on the Phoenix Suns, they don't want to hear about the whole team as themselves. Like they want to be individualized. Mm-hmm. That's what they really want. They want the the fame, the glamour. That's where they can get it right here on the roster rundown. Oh yeah, they, when they tune in to hear this, they're like, "Hold on, when are they going to yeah. mention me?" Exactly. So they're so going to get that opportunity. They're going to get it today yes. on this podcast. So I'm excited for it, but I'm also excited to pop open a teeth crack and cold brew. Are you going to pop one open with me, Matthew? Yeah, let me pull one out. Here All we right. go. Yep. Oh, yeah. Let's talk the roster rundown. All right. Roster rundown for the 2019-2020 Phoenix Suns. So this is the way that I think it'll go. It should be easy for you to listen to. It should be easy for us to talk about because we know the roster. We'll just start with the player's name. I've got kind of a tagline for the player, kind of mm-hmm. what I want from that player, mm-hmm. what I hope to see for the remainder of the season. Uh, we'll talk about that player's performance thus far, what we'd like to see. And then I have a question at the end of every player is, will he be here next year? Mm-hmm. Sound good? That sounds great. So Let's where should we that. start? Who should we start with? You know, I was thinking, should we save like the best for last? Should we do the starters after? We I do, like that. Let's, yeah. let's go through the bench. Yeah, totally and agree. And then say, because like, 
you'll listen to your five best players mm-hmm. and you'll be like, eh, I don't care about the rest. Yeah. Let's, let's, but we do care about the rest on the Sons well, Report well, yeah, podcast. Yeah, of course we do. We have no choice. I'm just joking, though. <laughs> I, do have, I do have a choice, but I choose to love Aww. the Suns, you know. Well, all right, start us off. Who are we going to talk about first? Um, let's talk about, uh, you know, after the All-Star break, we got a lot of our bench back, man. A few guys. Nice. You want to start with Aaron Baines? Let's go with Aaron Baines. All right. What do you got on Sir Baines, the, so, the red-bearded freak? <laughs> when, Van, when Baines came back... He reminded us what he's there for, fouls, and taking mm-hmm. up minutes with fouls. But also, too, a lot of what we saw earlier in the season with Baines is just a three-point shooting, how good he was on our little mini run where we started 7-4. and four. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone talks about the 7-4 and four Suns and how we just dropped off from there. Oh, and, the good old days. Yeah, it was great. And his three-point shooting, I was like, that was, a, that was a big reason why we were winning. It's gone. So what I would like to see from Baines is... Keep taking those threes, get the confidence back. And also on defense, he had a few good blocks in the game against Toronto. I think his defense can still be a factor if he's mm-hmm. healthy. And I think the time off really helped him. So I think for him to be in there, take up fouls, play hard, play tough, tire out the offense of the other team, that's what I want to see from him. And that's what we had earlier in the season. So you want a return of you want Aaron Baines to return to glory. I that's do. That's what you're asking. Yeah. And a lot of the bench players, well, not a lot, a few of them. One of them in particular we'll talk about next got that back, got got his confidence back in a way. And I really hope Aaron Baines finds that. I really do. So We need it. I agree and I disagree with what you said. I totally agree with the physicality and being a foul guy and having the ability to show the other players how to be physical and to just bring a physical presence to the team that really was absent in his absence. My tagline for Aaron Baines, if you will, is show Aiton how to be a man, dude. Mm. Because no matter what, Baines is gone at the end of the season. That's my opinion. He's gone. He's not coming back. Uh, He's going to max out his value. He's going to try to get that one last contract, I feel, of his career that's going to set him up for the rest of his life. I don't want him shooting threes. I know that the Suns were successful when he was shooting threes, but that's when he was a starting member of the Suns. He's a bench player now. We have other guys who probably should be taking those shots. Baines needs to be down on the block, being physical with the second teams and members of the first team when they're being subbed back in, and just kicking some ass like he he did at the beginning of the season. When when he was successful last year, yeah, the threes were there, and his three-point shooting was fantastic, but it was a bonus. It should never be relied on because once we started relying on it, that seven and four was gone in a flash. All of a sudden, he's shooting more threes than he needs to be, and we're losing games. So that's what I want from Aaron Baines moving forward. So yeah, I just want to disagree really quick on one thing you said about how teaching teaching Aiden to be a man. Um, (laughs) The only thing is, I think Baines is being a great mentor, but the thing is with Aiden's confidence and his physicality, that's going to come just when his game progresses. So I think Aiton is getting that from Baines, but it's going to take time. So it's like of course. pretty much like you said, he's not going to be back next year. There'll, mm-hmm. there'll be another big man in there to help Aiton. Um, I don't I don't know how much better it would, it would get than uh, having Baines there though. I don't just a fun player, a- fun physical agreed. player. Agreed. So I don't know who's a guy next. with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, and that's and- what Baines needs to for the remainder of this season teach on uh-huh. DeAndre Aiton how to have. It's yeah. just to be pissed off. Be exactly. A, be a, yeah. Be a man, dude. Be a man. <laughs> All right. Who do you got next on your list? Let's go with your guy. Um, oh yeah. C four. We talking? Yeah. C four. Carter. What is his first name? Why can I Javon. not remember? Javon. 
it's like it's like that Fresh Prince thing where it's like, what is her name when he's on that date? You can't remember. I seriously can never remember. It's Javon Carter. I just remember C4. This is your guy, though. This is the one you called out, said that should be the backup point guard. I disagreed more than half the season. Oh, yeah. Now he's showing it. Like I said before with Baines, mm-hmm. a guy that needed his confidence confidence back, Yes, he's gotten it back. And he's proven that his defense, his three-point shooting, even just his playmaking is at another level than anybody else on that bench playing point guard. So for Javon Carter, I am very happy to see him come in when he does. But for some reason, Monte is still playing a Kobo, sometimes over than Carter. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you got your backup point guard, Carter. Play him, first one off the bench. So what I want, this isn't even for Carter. This is for Monte Williams to put him in the... Put him in the game. Mm-hmm. He's our best backup point guard. Yep. For a couple to come in and take his spot doesn't make sense. So, I it's just my apologies to you. I'm very sorry that I didn't believe in this guy. <laughs> well, you, you he doubted went through his, a slump. You he doubted went through a slump. So I don't know. Well, but he went through guy. a slump when he wasn't getting minutes. I mean, he went through a lot of DNPs this season and didn't get an opportunity to play. You know, I almost feel like you're reading my notes over here because my notes for his tagline is "Get this guy some minutes, please." No more Okobo. I'm done with Okobo. Yeah, I am. Then we can skip him on our list because I have Good. nothing to say about him. Because all I have is uh, for Elliot Okobo, I literally wrote just holler at the G League. I put no more. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm done with Okobo. We've had a season and a half now to watch him develop and see what his skill set is. And I don't think that it's an NBA player. And as a backup, you don't know what you're going to get from him. You, he's not going to play defense. He's going to play okay offense. He doesn't pass the ball like a point guard should. So what is he really? What are you? What is your team benefiting yeah. by having him in the game? But not to take from Javon Carter. I'll finish my point okay, on yeah, him yeah. again. I do appreciate that you've you've seen what I've seen with him. Javon Carter is our best defensive guard. Period. I'm talking ones and twos. Although when you talk about two guards, we only have really one two guard. And I feel that's like why Monty Williams plays a Kobo so much is because he's kind of working this rotation between a Kobo, Ty Jerome, and Javon Carter to make up for that lack of a two guard to back up Devin Booker. But even that being said, C4 is our best backup guard. He has the highest defensive rating on the team. So defensive rating, the way that it works, is it's a metric based off of points given up per 100 possessions. He gives up 104 points per 100 possessions. It's the best on the team. He should be backing up Rubio at all times. And you see, when he gets those minutes, he is a pest. Mm -hmm. He is in the grill of the other team, and he throws them off the rhythm. And that's the whole point of basketball defense, is to throw the opposition off of their rhythm. Basketball is a rhythm-based game. Offense dominates. That's why there's scores of 140 points. But the goal is to, for a time, throw them off their rhythm. Nobody throws the opposition off their rhythm better than Javon Carter. And for that reason, for the remainder of this year, I want to have this guy to get as much minutes as possible to, one, assist in his development, two, to develop his confidence, and three, to really see if he's the guy that we need to keep as a backup point guard. He's a change of pace guy. What did Steve Nash always say was the problem with the Suns in like the 04 to about 2008 range. When he he left the game, the Suns still tried to play the same office, offense, correct? Correct. And they yeah. shouldn't have. They should have adjusted to whoever came in to relieve him. It's the same thing here. The guy who comes in to relieve Rubio 
isn't going to be the passer. Guess what? Booker becomes the passer when, when Carter's in the game. He becomes the lockdown guy who throws the opposition off the rhythm. I've talked enough about Javon Carter. That's all I got to say. No, that was good stuff. <laughs> I would honestly, it's weird because he's become probably like my favorite player on the team just because, and I hate to use the word just confidence all the time, but this guy is seriously will come in the game and change the game for mm-hmm. you. And it's not like because we just came off the Toronto game. It's, and, it's, it's, a, it's a big sample size. But it's he's not, been doing that yes. for seriously the past two or the three whole, weeks. The whole season. Well, most He of has season, the best defensive rating yeah, on the team. Defensively, he was... He was missing, though. There was a lot where he would come in and just, I don't know, he was very passive, just not shooting the ball. And he could shoot the ball with the hand yes, in his face can. if he wants. Yep. But he was very passive, and that's what I didn't like about him. It's not like he wasn't playing well. It's just like, I, I expect more from you from what you showed us in the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. That's why I was so upset. So let me pose you this question. Is he going to be here next year? Probably not, but it sucks. <laughs> because, like you said, why can't we just keep him? Because either way... We're going to have to get that backup point guard that's going to be like a Javon Carter. Maybe not like the defense, but somebody to back up Rubio. So why not just keep him? I think we should keep him. You know, you always need defensive guys like him, whether he's whether it's on the court or in the locker room. Mm-hmm. In practice, going up against your guys. He makes yeah. your the rest of your team better. I came up with a new nickname for him. For who? Carter? For Javon Carter. Yeah. Mini P.J. Tucker. Oh, that's pretty. It's good. exactly who he is, dude. He's like a mini PJ Tucker. <laughs> so we've talked about an, uh, probably more Javon Carter time than anybody uh, really wants to hear. So who do you got next on the on your list? Next on my list, let's go with uh, Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome. Okay, what do you got? So Ty Jerome, have you ever seen a guy like get pressured this much ever up and down the court? I know. Doesn't he always get like doubles but, right uh, away? What is it? Like I, I don't, don't know. But like if anybody's gonna pressure somebody, like I've seen it before. But every time this guy has a ball, he's getting pressured. Any he, he's always on the half court line and having a hard time bringing the ball. Maybe that's why it like takes him away from being a playmaker. Because people know that that's his one thing is being a playmaker, being a great passer. So I guess if you're up on him and he's having a hard time to really adjust to the NBA. I think there's two reasons why. One, he's coming in off the bench and he's going against the opposition's uh, version of Javon Carter. So their guy who's going to be uh, pressuring. Yeah. You know, so that's yeah. part of it. I also think it's due to his lack of athleticism. I, yeah, I, I guess he, so, yeah. But I mean, we've seen unathletic point guards like Rubio. Like, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it's like that's that's a good point you made because they're coming off the bench they have the energy so they're going to spend it on you know putting mm-hmm. pressure on them um the thing is though i like that this season we understood that he was hurt and he came back thinking it would be easier than it was mm-hmm. and that's a big mistake with a lot of suns players probably a lot of players in the nba they think it's going to be not a cakewalk but it's like i played this game i know it but he has to see the obstacles in front of him and how the nba the how fast it is I really think that, like you said, Javon Carter's probably going to be gone. He's going to be here next year. Yeah, there's and no doubt he's a rookie this year. That, yeah. yeah, and I want him just to take Okobo's minutes. I want to Agreed. see him I want to see him develop. I think it's still there. I know there's sometimes he makes bum-headed plays, but everyone does on this team, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, the only note I had for Ty Jerome was kind of echoing yours is focus on slowing the game down. Yeah. He needs to slow the game down because, again, he's a playmaker, and that's where he excelled at the University of Virginia. And I think once the game slows down a little bit for him, he's really going to be effective because he rushes. He'll rush to the lane and then he'll rush a pass. And next thing you know, it's a turnover. Yep. Or he'll rush a shot 
and it's a wide open three, and it's a brick, and it's, he just needs to kind of slow the game down, all right? So that's all we got for you, Ty Jerome. I know we're not going to talk about Elia Kobo. Uh, I will ask the question, will Elia Kobo be here next year? I don't think so. I hope not. Anybody that was in a trade package to get yes. somebody this year is going to be gone. Yep. Agreed. All right, who do you got next? Uh, well, oh, man, the guy I look most like... Dario Saric. Oh, Super Dario. Yeah, okay. Super Dario. What do you got on Dario Saric? In case Saric? people are wondering what I look like, it's Dario, Dario Saric. Saric. We call him Dario Lissy when we watch the games because yeah. it looks like your older brother or something. Yeah, I root for him the most. So Dario Saric, I mean, what do you got on him? Did you ask me first? I did, but I'll, I'll go first <laughs> go, on yeah, Dario. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, my tagline for Dario Saric is hustle and flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's not obviously the most physically gifted player. And in order for him to close out this season strong, he just needs to continue to hustle. That's where Dario Sarge Mr. plants hustle, his man. flag, is being the hustle guy. He is. You know, flow, I don't know. I just thought it sounded cool, and it was a good movie. You know, it's kind of hard out here for a pimp, so yeah. I just said hustle and flow for the tagline. But again, I'm a, I'm a fan of Dario Sarge, especially now that he's coming in off the bench. I think he's a yeah. perfect come-off-the-bench guy because the guys he's going up against are a little less athletic, and it provides him opportunity to take advantage of them and be a little bit more effective. Uh, unfortunately, again, he's a guy who needs to have a little flow, I guess. And we haven't really seen him respond well to coming off the bench, but he's also been injured and, you know, he's trying to work out the kinks and everything. But I'll ask you this question. Do you think he'll be there here at the end of the year or next season? I'm sorry. Next season. This is actually a tough one. I don't know because I mean, he was one of our free agents. He wanted to be a starter. And he thought he had well, the opportunity. He wasn't a free here. agent. We got him in a trade. We got him in a trade. Yeah. Like I said, we got him in a trade. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think he he had the opportunity here to be a starter. And I, this is the best place for him to be to prove that I can start in the NBA. And he failed. And it's not gonna, it's not <laughs> looking good. I I don't know. This is up in the air. I don't think he will be. I don't think he will be. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because as we ask these questions, you really don't know mm-hmm. how active James Jones is going to be. Because we are going to have some cap space, about $30 million worth of cap space. We're going to have a a draft asset of Mm -hmm. some sort. Uh, We do have a lot of guys coming off the books. Obviously, that's what creates that cap space. But then you have people like Dario Saric, who's a restricted free agent. He's a guy who he potentially could be here next year because he's not going to be expensive. And if he's okay with not being a starter, then of course you bring him back. I like him off the bench. I love him off the bench. He's a great role player. But is he satisfied with being a role player? That I don't know. That we'll find out in the offseason. I uh, I do think that if we're going to make a trade, he is a good part of a trade piece. Oh, Eli- yeah, Elliot Kobo's sure. not sexy. Yeah. Dario Sarge can be sexy to a lot of teams because I he's so a wing. Yeah. So. I mean, he was to me. Like I thought like when he came in, I just remember playing him in Philadelphia and like the guy hustles and he plays exactly. hard. That's why I was like, oh, this could be exciting for us. Uh, so well, my, What do you got on Dario? So for Dario Sarge, um, the biggest thing is just remember that you're white. Just remember that. <laughs> just remember it's, when you're downloading the post, pass the ball out. And if you're going to jack up that three, jack it up quick. Because yeah. these guys are flying at you longer, more athletic. Like you pointed out, he's not athletic, of course. But just remember who you are, man. Like you can't get these balls over anybody by the rim. You can't get them up over anybody. Like they get blocked. But he plays tough. Sometimes he gets the foul call. And that's the one thing. He never gets the fouls. No. And he plays no, so hard. Yeah, he gets no hit. Credit. He gets smothered. 
no fouls. So if you're not gonna get the fouls, you gotta get the ball back out, man. Yeah. And just settle on the mid range. The mid range game for him is perfect. And that's something we've talked about yeah. a lot this season. If you want to unlock Super Dario, you get him five feet inside the three point yes. line. Have him jump, you know, throwing up seventeen footers all day. He'll make them all day. Yeah. But for some reason, he's either down on the block, getting blocked, or he's doing the the slowest three point shot you've ever seen. And guys like on the Raptors game just come flying from nowhere, just batting yeah, that shit dude. into the third row. So, who do you got next on your list? That was actually my list of worthy to talk about, but um, I know that well, we I have got, others. I got so. a couple more for you. Okay. All right, and these might go quick. So, uh, if you're driving, you know, you don't have to press fast forward. Just listen to these real quick. All right, Frank Kaminsky, get healthy. Get healthy. Then go. We kind of miss you. <laughs> yeah. Get healthy and get off the team. Yeah. Don't need him next year. Cameron Johnson. Keep shooting. Yeah, how did I not have Cam? I don't know. No, okay, so it's not like I forgot about these guys. It's just like I made this list. I was like, these are the main guys I want to talk about. But yeah, Cam Johnson's our guy. Yeah, keep shooting though. That's all I have on him. Like Cam Johnson, you're a rookie. Build that confidence. You know, he's six foot eight. He's somebody who could be a really solid backup player. And it's weird thinking about that because you look at him and you think about our drafts in the past. And you go, okay, Dragon Bender. And you're like, God, if the guy who just had any sort of confidence, he could have been something. And Cam Johnson, yeah. you see that confidence. He's not afraid to pull the trigger. Oh, he's not pull afraid of Pull it more, anything. man. Pull he it more. He doesn't look afraid at all. He, he should shoot six threes a game. Yeah. That's what I want for the rest of the season. Six threes a game, Cam. Because yeah. you shoot nearly half of them in. I mean, get that confidence going. I agree. What about Chiggity Check Diallo? You know, it's, it's disappointing what happened to him yeah? this year. Yeah, how so? Because he had one really good game. <laughs> he had one really good game, and we saw some stuff. No, I think it was maybe two games in a row where he played really great. He almost hit every shot he put up there. Yep. So, But for him, he's probably just going to be gone. I don't see him sticking around, but honestly, he doesn't understand the game yet. He's very lost offensive and defensive end. Mm-hmm. He has a length. I think I feel like he has a, little, a great little shot, kind of, but he just... He definitely he, does. He needs a lot of catching up to do, a lot of studying, a lot of just being on the bench, maybe G League time. I don't know. No, I completely agree. For him, I just wrote box out because I feel like yeah. he's somebody who has athleticism. He's got a good first step, but his positioning always sucks on rebounds. Mm-hmm. You know, he does have a great mid range shot, like or not even mid range, like anything inside six feet. Like if he throws a little floater up, I feel like it almost always goes in. That same shot that Dario Sarge takes always goes around the rim and falls out. Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Chuck Diallos goes in, but his problem yeah. is positioning. And if he wants to get on the court, he needs to learn how to rebound mm-hmm. better and play better defense. Yeah. That's what I got for Chuck Diallo. Jalen LeCue, I mean, he's in the G he's Yeah, not right much now, on but, him just because he hasn't got a lot of playing but time. But is he Derrick Jones Jr. 2.0 to where... No. You don't think so? I mean, so? he can dunk like a madman, but again, he's yeah. like a guard. Whereas airplane mode is like six foot eight or six foot seven. This guy's a smaller guy. Just st- hang out in the G League, you know, yeah. continue to develop. I think that we're a little guard heavy, obviously, this year. I think that in the offseason, we're really going to focus on filling the bigs around yeah. Aiton and, and developing that depth there. And if that's the case, then maybe he'll get an opportunity next year. Because, I mean, the guy's electric to watch. He'll be on the team next year, though. You think so? Well, I mean, he'll be in the G League. He'll be with the Suns Oh, without a doubt. All right, before we get to the big guns, and I'm talking the starters. Big daddies. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. Okay. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. All right, we are going through the Suns roster rundown on the Suns report, and it's time to talk about the starters. So who do you want to talk about first, Matthew? Let's go uh, shortest to tallest. Okay. All right. Ricky Rubio. Ricky Rubio. All right, what do you got on Papa Ricky? 
I will defend this man. <laughs> I always, the depths of I Mordor. Start, I always start everything with Ricky. Is like I, I'm already like taking my shirt off and everything. I don't, you know, you're, you're like, this guy yeah. is my guy. <laughs> um, so what is missing with Ricky now on the court? A, a guy that really came out of this into this season and he proved a lot of the doubters wrong, showing that the Suns made the right choice picking him mm-hmm. and didn't overpay. Exactly, went through a slump. Everyone does. Now it's like you watch him with Aiden now that Aiden's been back. It's like, what is missing? I feel like he has no eyesight in one of his eyes. Like he's blind in one eye. I don't know what happened, but he always made the plays. He always made the passes. And when I watch the games now, I know it's from my point of view, but he always, even if I saw it from from what I'm watching on the TV or at the game, uh, he made the plays. He made the passes, but now it's just like he doesn't see it. And something's missing to where maybe... Because I defend him and it's not his fault. Is it the players not being in the right position? Is it, I don't know, is it the play calls or whatever? Because for some reason, his playmaking isn't there as much. He's gotten the assists back up. He went through a slump for a couple weeks, Mm -hmm. but the assists are coming back up now. But I just feel like he's blind in one eye or something. Like he can't see what I'm seeing and what I feel like a lot of the coaches are seeing. Maybe he's overpaid. You think he's overpaid now? No, no, no I don't. I still I don't, don't think so. I think for, for Ricky, I just put increase the usage percentage because I get what you're saying. We've talked about it a couple times on the podcast where you feel like Ricky Rubio's doing a high screen and roll. He'll start rolling towards the basket. You'll either have Aiton rolling yeah. down or you'll have a wing guy who's wide open. And for some reason, Ricky goes the exact opposite way of whatever the play is. And it does feel like he's kind of blind. And you're like, how is his court vision yeah. uh, above average when he gets down into the lane? And I feel like it's not. I feel like on the break or when he's on the perimeter, when he has the ball the majority of the time and he's passing around, he's got good court vision. But once he gets down inside, like amongst the trees, he doesn't have that ins- those instincts of where guys are going to be. That's what I feel to echo mm-hmm. your point. For me, I'm just saying increase the usage percentage for this guy. He only has a 19.5 usage percentage. Okay? He's number 98 in the league in usage percentage, and he's number three in the league in assists. So what that's telling me is if he has the ball in his hands a little bit more, if we ran the offense through him a little bit more, maybe good things would happen. That's why you can't blame him. No, well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's why he's not overpaid. Yeah. But in the same token you know again maybe the reason he doesn't have a high usage percentage is he doesn't know what to do when he gets down in the blocks but that's that's not true he does he knows exactly he's in his prime right now this guy is an actual play not steve nash height but he he knows what to do i just think it's a lot of the young players not going to where they're going to go like if you watch a game and mikhail bridges cuts the lane and he hits him it's like oh that's what you do that every time but he hits them when they're there. It's just like nothing's just ever not there. there. Okay, I see what you're so saying. Like, I see what you're saying. And then saying. when it is there, I don't know if that's where the guy... I don't know. The only thing is I don't know, really know the game of basketball very well. So <laughs> What the hell are you doing here? I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I'll ask you this question. Will he be here next year? Yes, he will. Yeah, I, I think so too. As I was yeah. looking at the, uh, the unrestricted free agent and the restricted free agent class of point guards coming out this season... It's highlighted by Goran Dragic, Jeff Teague, and Brandon Knight. Oy. Like two former sons and Jeff Teague. Like, Oy. unless there's some miraculous trade that brings no. a point guard here, nothing's going to happen. Papa Ricky. Yeah, Papa Ricky's I here to stay. Go Sands. But, uh, but again, I think that there's opportunity for him to just increase the percentage of, of usage for this guy. Yes. Really open him up a little bit. And 
to your point, young players, get open for them. Don't stand and watch move. the show. Yeah, Cut. move around, man. Cut. Move around. All right, so if we're going by height, next up on the list would be Devin Booker. Yep. Right? So who, yes. what do you got for Devin Booker? So the perfect player for the Suns this year. Just really putting up the stats, giving us some hope in the future. Some guy that is an all-star now. Oh, yeah. And uh, thank you, Adam Silver. I know I gave you a lot of crap. And I, I, apologies, this was the whole plan. You get everybody in that should be in, and then you fake an injury, and you get Booker in. So everyone <laughs> wins. Um, but um, Booker, the only thing is, I can't stand how he's still not making threes in games. It blows my mind. This guy goes to the three-point contest, almost wins it, probably should have won it. I mean, yeah. he won. he lost by one point. But how in games, when he is so wide open, games on the line, it's not even to win the game, but to get the team back within... A couple points or down a single digits he can't make threes what is going like i know ever since the injury but come on he made 43 in a row in the gym whatever everyone can make shots when you're in the nba in the gym but what is it that is missing from this guy when it comes to threes because we need him to shoot threes and to make them it's a, it's got to be a confidence thing it's got to be you know he's never Close games out. He's never been the guy who is the go-to guy to actually, and actually executed that at the end of a game. He's the go-to guy for Phoenix, but he doesn't execute it. He hits a couple of those big shots. I guarantee you the threes will start raining throughout mm, yeah. the games. It's what it is. It's a confidence thing. Because you, you look crazy. at like Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard was a good three-point shooter. And then last year in the playoffs, he started going crazy. He hit that big three uh, to close out... The OKC. The OKC yep. one, right? Is yeah. that the one where he waved goodbye to him? Yeah. yeah. And ever since then, he's this year, he's he has the most three-pointers beyond 30 feet in the entire league. Yeah, he has Like, confidence. he's gone crazy. Yeah. And it's the confidence. Yeah. that It's rhythm and confidence, man. That's basketball. So what I got for Devin Booker is finish the season like the all-star that you are. What I want from Devin Booker is I want him to beat Tom Chambers' son's single-season record of 27.2 points mm-hmm. per game. He's got 26 and a half right now, so he's going to need to put some performances together, hit some of those threes, if you will, to beat TC's record. Yeah. I'm tired of having freaking Tom Chambers being like <laughs> the Suns all-time single-season yeah. points-per-game record. Know, like, I come know. on, man. Know, it's, it's... So Devin Booker, go out and do that. Lead this team to a winning record during the remaining games. Yes. We don't, we're probably not going to make the playoffs. It's going to take a lot of winning, a lot of things going right, and uh, a lot of luck for the Suns to get, sneak into the playoffs. But you know what? Right. In the remaining amount of games, go out and put up a, pros, a positive winning percentage. Apply what you learned at the All-Star game from the best the league has to offer mm-hmm. and, and execute that with the Phoenix Suns organization. Come back and be the leader that you now are. Because guess what? You're an All-Star. You are now officially our leader. We expect everything from you, Booker, but it's Ricky... All- you're all right. Ricky, we no. Love you. You just, <laughs> just we love you, Ricky. Just take care of that baby, huh? <laughs> it's not your fault, but... <laughs> Will Devin Booker be here next year? Uh, yeah, he's going to be here for the next 10 years. <laughs> he bet your ass. All right, next up, going by height, would be Kelly, Tsunami Poppy, The Matrix Tubre. That They're pretty close in height. Him and Mikel Bridges? Yeah. Well, well I'm go, going with Kelly Oubre. Oubre. All right, let's go Oubre. Okay. Yeah. What do you got for Tsunami Poppy? All right, ready for this? Well, born ready. All right. He is the overdramatic, high-flying, hair-shaking, big pimping, big shooting, Mr. Big Shot, Kelly Oubre. Holy fucking Woo! shit. That was amazing. 
Whew, I got goosebumps over He's here. He's the only player that deserves that. The, he is, The man. whole uh, Ric Flair introduction. Yes, like, that, is, that should be his introduction every game. <laughs> every game. That's I what I got it. for him. But That's honestly, <laughs> the only bad part is just don't trust his handles as much. Fast breaks, not really good. But he is the clutchest player in Suns history. Mm-hmm. He'll have an off game, and we'll see him once in a while. But he comes back and will make seven threes the next game. Usually. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Uh, what I put for Kelly Oubre is keep the culture alive. You know, what I love about Kelly Oubre is we finally have an identity, something we haven't had as a Suns team since 2010. Mm-hmm. We know who we are now, and it's all because of Kelly. He's the soul of this club. If he continues to get the crowd going and continue to throw down the jams and continue to entertain, everything's going to be right for him. That's all I want for the rest of the we season need him. for him. We need him. Yeah, we need that energy from him. He's him. the spark plug. Uh, from a basketball standpoint, I want him just to continue to grow defensively. I feel like that's the biggest opportunity for Kelly Oubre. He has 111.1 defensive rating, and only Booker and Sarge have logged major minutes and have a worst rating. Mm-hmm. So that's my one ask from a basketball standpoint for Kelly Oubre going forth the rest of the season. It's really just focus on defense. You know, he's got the long arms. Mm-hmm. Just buckle down. You know, I think that's all I got for him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, that's perfect, man. Next up, we have Mikhail Bridges. Mm-hmm. What do you have on Mikhail? Well, Mikhail Bridges... First thing you see when you look at him, those arms are freaking long. And honestly, he, I think he knows his potential. He knows it now this year. He he knows he's going to be on the Suns team for a while. So to answer your question, yes, he's going to be here next yep. year. Oh, yeah. I didn't even ask that about Kelly Oubre. Oh, yeah. Oubre's going to be here think? next year. Well, yeah, he will. Because there's not going to be any trades, mm-hmm. I don't feel like, that are going to happen where we get the big name guy. It's not going to But happen. if we do, man, Kelly if we Oubre do, is he's the gonna one go. piece. He's going to go. He might not be here next year. Exactly. And he might be, again, next year. And we're, I'm getting so far ahead of myself. Yeah. This is, you know, I'm, I'm so far ahead of myself. I'm behind myself right now. Mm. But Kelly Oubre, if the Suns aren't playing well next year, mm-hmm. will be traded midseason to get yeah. something. Somebody's going to want him, and we're going to want to get some asset for him because he's on a two-year deal with uh yeah, with it expiring true. at the end of next yeah, season no, no. so if we're yeah for good stuff we got to give away good stuff you know mm, yes all right so back to bridges though yes he's gonna be here uh he's gonna be here um i like how his three-point shooting has declined he's not taking him any threes i know he had a few games where he made like five or six threes mm-hmm. and you saw the potential there but him getting to the rim he really needs to focus on that this offseason because of how long he is i know everyone always talks about it i just mentioned it when i first started talking about him but um him getting to the rim and finishing around the rim is really big because there's a lot of times in games where he'll get a pass from Rubio or from anybody heading to the rim and he doesn't know how to finish. There's mm-hmm. something where he doesn't, I don't, I, he just doesn't have it in his game yet. So that's the one thing for him, but his defense is going to be like none other. Yeah. And I love that. We have that on our team. We have a guy like him that's young and his defensive mentality like his is going to stick around hopefully for you oh, know just for years it will i hope i, I mean hope that's the player that he is yeah you know i to echo your point again him finishing around the rim is what i really want to see him do for the rest of the season in my notes i wrote continue to grow around the rim he's so long that he gets to the rim before guys other guys yes. do just naturally so now it's learning how to finish consistently around the rim He's going to get the chances, which is fantastic. I'm so happy that the Suns allowed him to grow. I think for the first half of the season, all Suns fans were like, okay, listen, we love you, Dario, but come on, can we see some Mikael Bridges? Thank you. And And we got that lineup. Yeah, and we finally got the Bobra lineup in there, and he's excelled in it. Talking about three-pointers... 
when he was a bench player, he shot 27% from three-pointer. As a starter, he's 44%. Mm. So, again, this is a guy who already has the defensive intensity that you want and you need to be successful in the NBA. He's growing as an offensive player, and that's what I want to see for the rest of the season It's just to see him continue to grow as a player. Really good point. All right, last up on the list is the big man, DeAndre Ayton. So how about you close out our roster rundown with your notes on DeAndre Ayton, Matthew? The biggest thing with Ayton is every time we hear, even today on the way home, you just hear about people talking about, he needs to do this, he needs to do that, he needs to be aggressive, he needs to stop shooting the fadeaways, blah, blah, blah. I just feel like, give him this year, next year to learn. Because I feel like that's all he needs. He just needs time to learn the game. And once he gets that, we'll see the player that we've always wanted. And it's going to be like year four to where it's really going to hit. And the confidence is going to be there. His game is going to right be there. Right when his contract's up. Right when his contract's <laughs> up. Yeah. But, oh, dude, yeah. I don't even want to talk about stuff like that right now. But <laughs> I'm just saying, we're seeing the spurts where he is there. He's the greatest player on the team in a few games this year. And it's going to come. He just needs the experience and the practice and... I think with his team letting him get his feel for the game and not yelling at him all game long when he's messing up and stuff and making him worse because he's getting anxious because he doesn't want to mess up, I feel like that's going to help him grow the rest of the season and into next year. I agree. I mean, I think that DeAndre Ayton has obviously a lot of growth to do. I think that it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough with DeAndre Ayton. Yes. And and I'll make my point here in a second. There was two quotes that came out this week. Real quick, my notes on him. Be aggressive. Be, be, be aggressive. aggressive. And let's get physical. Physical. Mm. I'm one of those fans who are saying all those things. Be aggressive. Be physical. Because yeah. we know that he is a physical force and can be dominating. And when we see him be dominating, and then he puts up that stat line, he controls the game. You're like, see, dummy? Like, that's how mm. it is. There's two quotes that I read this week. Well, one I read and what I heard, and I wanted to go over those real quick. So the first one is from Mikhail Bridges. Oh, yeah. And he says, I tell Aiton, when you dominate like that on both ends and hit them in the chest, now they don't want to play you, and we feed off that. If he just keeps that mentality, it's going to do wonders for us. So that's Mikhail Bridges saying, hey, Aiton, when you sack up and you go right into guys, you drop that shoulder, and you're just a pissed-off son of a bitch... Nobody can stop you, and we feed off of that. We are a better team when you're like that. And here's the other quote that I heard. I was listening to the Book of Basketball 2.0 podcast with Bill Simmons and Ryan Rossillo, and they were talking about Dwight Howard, and they're going over the arc of his career and what some of his challenges were as a big man, yada, yada, yada. There was one quote that Bill Simmons said, and uh, when I first heard the podcast, I was doing yard work. I was like pulling out bougainvillea plants out of my backyard. Mm-hmm. And I went back that night and I was like trying to find exactly what that quote was because it's my ultimate fear mm-hmm. for DeAndre Ayton. This was Bill Simmons' quote. Gentle giants never win titles. They only bring you close enough to break your heart. Whew. And that really Did hit you tear me. up? <laughs> I almost teared, I teared up, right up once I found it again. It took me yeah. like I, I I listened to like four podcasts that day because yeah. I was doing yard work and I had the day off and I was just like, did I hear that on the Bill Simmons podcast? Mm-hmm. Maybe that was the NBA show on the Ringer. Maybe and then finally I found it and I started tearing up. I found it. But again, I'll say that one more time. Gentle giants never win titles. They only bring you close enough to break your heart. The talent's there with DeAndre Ayton. As we know, the aggression isn't, or at least it isn't yet, and I don't believe it ever will be. 
And it's not, it's not who he is at his core. He's a fun-loving, nice guy who just happens to be in a six foot eleven mammoth physical body. You know, at the end of the day, he still is a dominating talent. Okay? I love him, and I think he's always going to get his stats because of that talent. But someday he's going to break our heart. Yeah. You know? So again, what I'm looking for for him the rest of the season is to find not how to be that gentle giant. How to be a pissed off giant trying to go through motherfuckers instead of trying to go around them. And if DeAndre Ayton can ever figure that out, which his teammates have told him, hey, when you do that, we're better. If he can ever figure that out, do we have an all-NBA center playing for the Phoenix Suns right now? He has the talent to be that right now. Once he figures out the aggression, we have an all-star. Yeah. So that know, uh that podcast, I listened to that one. Yeah. And it was tough not to think about Eaton the whole the whole podcast. I think they did two parts where well it was Dwight Howard and then they mm-hmm. talked about the the choke job that Orlando had. Yeah. Against the Lakers in the championship. And uh I was thinking, I'm like, you know, it does suck because Orlando had something special like Dwight Howard, but Dwight Howard didn't have an offensive game. And they mentioned that so many times yeah. to where he had no offensive game. But you see the improvement with Aiton on the defensive end this year, which oh, is yeah. crazy great. And there's on our uh, podcast um, earlier this week, I mentioned the Ringer article about Aiton and uh, how his defensive improvement is just incredible. Mm-hmm. And it, the whole lineup we have now with him is one of the top five lineups point dif- differential and in the league. And, so what the, the whole Dwight Howard thing was kind of scary, but then you have to remember too, his offensive game is so much better than Dwight Howard's. Oh yeah, and we have—I feel like this is big. I, we have Booker on our team, who is going to push him. Yeah, he's a big, fun-loving guy. He could go the Dwight Howard pass path, where he makes the stupid jokes and he's not funny and no one likes to play with him. <laughs> yeah, but he—I don't think he'll ever get there. No. That's why I have a lot of confidence in him. And it was scary to listen to that podcast because. We both looked at the stars at the same time, probably listening to it, or I don't know how late you were up, and I was walking around outside. I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I was picking Bougainvillea plants. Oh, okay. In the, yeah, I was the, just walking around yeah. outside at midnight. But uh, I, I know what you're saying, and it's scary, but I, I don't think he's going to be that player. Well, and kind of, you know, the the optimism that comes here is that Ringer article. It's, it shows you how DeAndre Ayton didn't have the best defense last year, and guess what he did this year? He improved. He focused on his defense and he improved it. Okay, now maybe aggression is the next thing he's going to improve. Because to be a better defensive player, there's that defensive intensity and aggression that he had to implement in his game. Now it's a matter of doing so on the offensive end. So, And again, also one of the reasons I'm not really scared about him becoming the next Dwight Howard is simply because he has that culture around him. The Kelly Oubre, the Devin Booker, the Valley Boys culture. When Dwight Howard played on the Orlando Magic, it was just him. It was him. That's him it. and like Hito Turkoglu. It was like, him versus Kobe. Yeah. So in that series. So yeah. So he I was mean. he was the Magic. That was all him. Oh yeah. So if, if we had because I don't think if we had DeAndre Ayton and we drafted him and it was just him and that's all we had to hang our hats on was just that guy. Maybe oh, yeah. it would turn out. But Dwight Howard, it took him a little bit, but he instantly like in his third year got that like All Star status, mm-hmm. first team. Oh yeah. He was the best player yeah, on that team. Exactly. And there was no so, one, and they were just filled it with role players around yeah, him. Different they put paths. shooters around him on that team, yeah. and he just hung out in the middle. To your point again, DeAndre Ayton, much better offensive player. So yeah. it scares me when I hear things like that. Gentle Giants don't win titles, they just get you close enough to break your heart. I hope that doesn't happen with DeAndre Ayton. I'm scared it will. So 
anything else on the roster rundown 2019 2020 no. edition the only thing in common i feel like is this team's very young the only thing to carry them through the se- the season is to get back to making quicker decisions that's all i have just Agreed. make those quick decisions that we had earlier the, in the, the season 0. 0.5 0. 0.5 offense. just do it because it's gonna happen where we're getting those shots up and we're gonna be winning games that's what i think I love it. Well, again, ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you think. Stop by the Suns Report at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Hit us up on Twitter, the Suns Report. Matthew, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, Matthew Lissy. All right, and I'm at Darth Voida, so you can stop by and say hi to us there. Don't forget to subscribe to the Bright Side of the Sun Podcast Network. Wherever you get your pods, that's the place to be if you want to get the best Suns content possible. I think I'm done talking about the Suns lineup for this year. I'm ready to you know finish this this year out strong with this team. Let's see how many wins we can rack up and uh, in, enjoy the season that we have left because it goes by so quick. Yeah. So I'm out for this week. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for hanging out. I'm about to go home and uh, run down my kids and uh, <laughs> go home and love them. <laughs> that sounds good. Take care, everybody.